This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Mal Griffin, Vice President of Digital Health at Interior Health Authority. Mal, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Well, I know we have a lot to talk about, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. So I've, uh, I've spent most of my career in IT and healthcare um, and uh, have have done a, a variety of roles. Uh, in addition to the IT side of things, I have been responsible for uh, clinical services, such as lab pharmacy and diagnostic imaging. Um, and then uh, I spent about six years in human resources. So uh, kind of some, some different, uh, different areas of healthcare, but all, uh, all very rewarding and, and uh, great learning opportunities for, for myself. And uh, it's been a, a very challenge, a challenging but very rewarding career. So really, uh, really love working in healthcare, and it's uh, it's such a purposeful uh, industry, and uh, and it's uh, one where I think many many people look uh, look for opportunities today to work in a, in a purpose filled industry, and, and healthcare certainly has that in spades. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a really great point. You know, healthcare is just such a important industry in, in really serving people of communities in, in um, very, you know, important pillar of the community too. So when you think about um, the healthcare space, what do you see has been really changed throughout the course of your career, um, either for the better or, you know, uh, making things more challenging today? Is there anything, I guess, when you're looking at like your entire career and thinking about working in the healthcare space that you really have noticed has been interesting um, as time has gone on? Yeah, I think I would say that's a great question, uh, Laura. And I, I would say one of the things that's been fascinating for me is how, over the course of my career, I've seen, I've seen things go in cycles. And and when uh, what what we've experienced over the last couple of years, of course, is is not something that any of us could have anticipated through having go through a, a pandemic. But um, but healthcare has really always been challenged with demand that exceeds our supply. And uh, certainly in Canada, where we're, we're a society that has a uh, healthcare almost seen as a as an individual right, uh, so we we have publicly funded healthcare here. So we've always had a system that that the the demand has exceeded our ability to supply it. So uh, so that hasn't changed, but the circumstances around it has changed. And when I first went into healthcare, it was an it was in a, a time when it was difficult for people to get a job. Um, because there were a few jobs, and then now we've we've experienced a pendulum swing the other way, where we've got lots of opportunities and and not enough uh, people to do the work. So that that's been uh, interesting, very inter- interesting. The other thing I would say about healthcare that we've experienced through my career is just that uh, the length of time people are living is increasing, uh, and certainly we've gone through this demographic demographic shift with the baby boomers aging. And and so they're um, putting extreme pressure on the healthcare system uh, in a, in a way that that we didn't experience when I started my career. Um, so so it's it's been really uh, really quite quite interesting on that on that side of things. From a technology point of view, we've been really fortunate, I think, to just see the advances that have come with new innovations that IT bring to the table, and we've seen. Uh, such such new opportunities to to bring technology to the table that we didn't have before, and so 
we've been more efficient in many ways, faster uh, at diagnosing as an example. Um, but then, on some in some respects, we still have a lot of uh, a lot of healthcare services that ha has not really been exposed to much innovation. So, so we've got a really uh, interesting mix between uh, advanced uh, IT support of healthcare delivery, and then on the other side, we still have a very human intensive uh, industry. And the one thing that's remained constant throughout my time in healthcare has been that it's really a relationship business. It's built on relationships. It's critical that we we always keep in mind that we're dealing with people and people are complex. There's there's no one size fits all in terms of individuals. And so that that's remained constant, which uh, I think comes back to the purpose side of, of healthcare and how we often are dealing with people when they're at their most vulnerable state. And we have some really high highs and we have some low lows uh, as people go through their life journey. So um, yeah, that 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 would be uh, what I would say in terms of the the overall evolution of of healthcare throughout my career. Absolutely, that makes a lot of sense. You know, just really interesting to hear about, uh, like you said, some of those ups and downs. But especially looking at you know healthcare as a relationship driven business, but then also bringing in IT and technology and digital transformation to really make that easy and, and streamline um, and put it to a place where patients are benefiting the most, as well as caregivers also seeing a, a lot of benefit from some of those technologies and um, transformation as well. So when you think about where we're at right now, what are you most excited about? What really uh, things are you doing that are on the forefront of medicine and healthcare that are making a difference for patients and communities? I think what I'm, I'm most excited about is, is just the fact that there's so many opportunities for us to innovate and, and to bring um, Real, real benefit to to people, and probably the 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 one that I'm most excited about is is the opportunity for patients to get more engaged in their care, and uh, and I think it has a lot to do with the demographic um, shifts that that exist in society today, and people's expectations are greater in terms of being um, a full participant of their care. Uh, you know, if I think back to my parents' generation, it was it was whatever the whatever the doctor told me I did. And you know the doctor's his or her word was was final, and and I just followed followed what the physician told me to do. Today it's a much different a different um, model of care where the the patient is really part of the care team, uh, and it's it's I think that's much better because now as an individual patient I'm more engaged I'm I'm more vested in my 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 health outcomes I can make better decisions when I have more information at at my disposal so. I think that's probably the most exciting thing is, and we've really, we need to take healthcare to the next level in terms of some of the things that we experience when we in, engage with other industries, we still haven't quite reached that yet in healthcare. And, uh, and so I think we've got some real great opportunities there in terms of, of, of patients taking more, more accountability and more responsibility for their care. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point, and especially to see the need and desire of patients to become more involved and then now having the tools and opportunity to do that is fantastic. From your perspective, what aspects of healthcare are still really primed for disruption with technology or other kind of new and interesting ways of looking at healthcare? What do you see as being really some a spot where you could see a lot of innovation in the future? Well, it's a long list, but I'll—I uh, <laughs> th think there's a lot still. But I'll—I'll—I'll 
I'll start with uh, one area that I think would be really, uh, is really ripe for innovation, and surround pathology. And I, I think from a, a delivery of pathology services today, it's still highly human intensive. So when you think about the advances in artificial intelligence have really come a long way in terms of being able to look at images. And, and if you take a, if you take a, a pathologist and you match that pathologist with the, the strength of artificial intelligence, you can, you can get a better diagnosis. We've seen that in many, uh, many studies over, over the last few years where the, the diagnosis is more accurate when you match the human with, with the technology or the artificial intelligence. But I, when I look at pathology, I still see a lot of the pre-analytic work um, very human intensive. So when, when a specimen is, is brought in and it, it has to be um, prepared and slides are, are prepared for, uh, for a pathologist to, to view, uh, through a microscope, that process is very much manual intensive, a human intensive, and I think there's there's a real opportunity there. Um, I don't know how to do it. I think there's some really super smart people that could get in on the front end and help bring innovation there. Um, so so that's one one area that I, I think would be uh, well served. Um, but but you could look at any of the clinical services we deliver, you know, laboratory services and and radiology, pharmacy. I think um, they're all opportun- there's lots of opportunities within those streams of services to bring innovation. I think our big challenge today is really around people, not having enough people. So anything to do with how do we use uh, technology to augment our human resources, I think is, a, is a, an area where we could really see some advances. And, um, and there's a lot of low-hanging fruit there. There's a lot of work that, that that our clinicians do that they really don't need to do. If we could, if we could automate that and pull it away from them and allow them to provide direct care, more, more time for direct care, I think that that's a, a huge gain for us. That's really interesting here. So, you know, especially when you're talking about looking at places where you could use technology automation, some of those human intensive services and in areas where people are still needed to do things on site or, or really be very active in those processes. Um, certainly seems like technology could make a big difference. And I know that, as you mentioned, staffing is a challenge, both in terms of filling, recruiting, retaining talent, um, you know, from, from the healthcare organizations so that they can get these kind of human intensive processes done, but then also from the uh, nurse and clinician and workforce side as well, just really wanting to be in a spot where they're fulfilled by their jobs and working to the top of their abilities. So when you look at kind of those gaps and how those gaps will be filled, um, what are you seeing as some of the challenges and and how are you preparing to meet them um, over the next few years, just uh, as all of this comes together? um, What else are you looking at and preparing for? How do you see I guess, balancing all of these um, issues with what a, a, an amazing reality could be if we get everything working in the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I, that, that, that's an excellent uh, question. And, uh, and it's really the key point, I think, for us in, in the health sector over the next few years. It, it, I know it's not different in the health sector than it is in other industries, but we've maybe been protected in the past uh, a little bit around this. But just not having enough people, qualified people to do the work. And it takes so long to train physicians, midwives, other healthcare professionals. And, and we know that while we have, um, we are training a, a lot of people 
in in North America today. We we have uh, still seem to have a, a huge shortage of people. So I guess when I when I look at the next few years, I don't I don't know if there's anything greater uh, in terms of a challenge for us than having adequate um, human resources to actually deliver the services that we deliver. So so. It's not going to be enough to say we're going to manufacture more people or we're going to train more people to be to be healthcare professionals. I, I think we need to look at the way we deliver service differently, and that's where where I I believe technology can really come in and make a difference. Uh, not to add on more. Um, that's one of the things I I think I I feel as I look back on my career, we've done a lot of adding on to people's um, people's workload with technology rather than taking it away. And I think we need to think about how do we take away that load so that clinicians can can have the time and, um, and energy to do what is most important in terms of the work they do. So, so I, um, I really feel we've, we've got a, a big uphill climb when it comes to our, our people resources. Um, I think the challenge today, having just gone through the pandemic, I think we're seeing this a lot. Um, People are questioning, uh, even even people working in healthcare today are questioning whether they want to continue in this in, into the future because there's other opportunities for us, uh, for them to take uh, equal pay or better pay in, in other industries with a better quality of life. And that, that's quite sad. So I think we need, we need to do some work on how do we improve the culture and the, um, the day-to-day, the daily experience of our clinicians so, uh, so that they're not overburdened to the point that they want to leave the system because it's such a, a huge investment we've made in people and then to have them abandon that and move on to something else I, I think it's really devastating so so we've got a lot of work to do on that um, and, and part of that is is making sure that that people are able to to feel like that they can be the best they can be on any given day and not feel like they're just uh, constantly trying to climb out of a hole that, that that there's just this ever increasing demand for services and no way to to actually meet it and and that's that's a challenge we we've got in front of us so to sum it up i think there's two or three things that we need to focus on one is we need to think about how do we better engage patients and help them understand the situation we're in how how do we change expectations around care delivery how do we help our individual clinicians feel that they're valued and to be able to contribute to the best of their ability to do the work that they've trained to do. And then we need to take, um, we need to take the other load off of them so, so that we're not adding administrative burden on, on their already busy plate. So it's, it's a grand challenge. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if I have all the answers, but I, I, I think I'm, I'm up for it in terms of how can we, what can we do to, to really bring bring technology to the forefront to help bring uh, relief and, and innovation to uh, a very tired workforce? Absolutely, Mal, thank you so much for being here today to discuss these important issues. I really appreciate your time and this has been really fun. I hope we can have you back again soon. My pleasure and thank you again for, for the opportunity. Take care.